0: Ah, yes, a Manic Monday morning, just another Manic Monday with Zachy Moon. We talk all things about the WVU football camp to this point, the sleepers that we um, we see on both sides of the ball uh, and, and why it could lead to the Mountaineers being a big sleeper team in the country this year. We also get into the uh, the impending and upcoming Ohio series. The Mountaineers uh, and the Bobcats will get it on here starting in 2025, but we look at it from the perspective of of the herd and uh how they might view it and, and kind of how we view it as uh, west virginia fans and also kind of um, you know the way that the way that goes down and could it lead to some good relations potentially in the future between the two division one schools in the state of west virginia so you guys know what to do if it's in the morning grab that coffee phil style hopefully they get to play today at the northern trust And if it's in the afternoon or in the evening, grab that drink and come on back because we're talking all things WVU football camp and the budding, uh, we wish, potential rivalry between the Mountaineers and the Herd. Let it go. What's going on there, Zach?
1: Howdy howdy howdy.
0: Oh buddy. Long day, man.
1: Well, if you can hear, I'm on the road on a work day at 9 30 p.m. Yeah. Eastern yeah. Standard Time for you West Coast listeners if any hey. exist.
0: Hey, you're putting in the work, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long day. Yeah. Neil will, will be proud of you, buddy. Okay. Workout warrior. Yeah, that's like a gruden that's like a gruden type day right there. Grinder. The old grinder's there. Hey man, that's that's impressive, Zach. I can't say that I put in as hard a day today, um, but hey man, I respect you for it. Okay. Hopefully, my boss does too. <laughs> hey, you can only hope. Merit merit based increases, man. You got to be number one on the depth chart, right?
1: Uh, I got to be creeping up there. I'm a sleeper. I'm a sleeper, <laughs> sleeper kind of guy. You don't
0: you don't you don't want to be that team that everyone's talking about. You're kind of, you're kind of sleeper, sort of like our Mountaineers this year, potentially,
1: flying under the radar.
0: Yeah. So Zach, let's kind of, um, you know, we, we're kind of let's kind of hit on the sleepers here real quick, man. Camp is a, uh, you know, we're we're kind of getting through it now, and we're almost to the point where we're on the other side of it now, right? You know, school has started for the classes have started, so obviously, you know, the two a days aspect of this thing is kind of closed out. Back to kind of how it's going to be all the rest of the season. Um, what have you heard, man? Who, who have you kind of caught your eye at this point uh, in Canada?
1: Well, I mean, when you think sleepers, I feel like most of the time position players are mentioned, you know, running backs, receivers that aren't guys you necessarily would think about, maybe some defensive guys that are creeping up the depth chart. But one guy that I would maybe keep an eye on and somebody that, you know, everybody really knows about by name, but somebody maybe you wouldn't expect to get a lot of time as a true freshman. Wyatt Milam seems like he's uh making quite the impression.
0: Yeah. He definitely definitely seems to be moving up the depth chart quickly at this at this point in time in that right tackle battle with Parker Moore. Um and and seem, seemingly uh I'm not gonna say which one he think seems seem to have the upper hand, but they everyone seems to love what Wyatt's doing and he's definitely gonna contribute this year. So uh, like you said, not sure if that's true sleeper sleeper, but um, that's uh, a guy that we're all kind of interested to see how it goes for him. That's for sure. Well, I consider
1: him more of a sleeper only because it's atypical for a true freshman offensive lineman to make an impact most of the time. So I would think that it kind of falls in the sleeper territory, but he's definitely a guy that people are familiar with.
0: Yeah, and and exactly, and I and I and I, and, I, and I'm not sure that if and if he wasn't you know, a true freshman from the state, how many people would really be clamoring even over a guy who is a what a I mean, might as well have been a close to as close to a five star as you can be offensive lineman. Right. I'm not sure Bam is uh necessarily always looking their chops and wondering what's going on with the five star lineman down there uh either. So I mean, like we said, I think there's high expectations because he is a, a local product and the way that offensive line could set up with all those local guys on the right side going from right to left you know with milam Nestor and then Frazier could be a thing of beauty
1: you gotta love it that uh that in-state talent especially the mountain men up front you got to love that
0: and I, Zach you know we've talked about that and I think that's my sleeper man right is this offensive line I think people are sleeping on the pro the production that they're going to bring this year the improved the improved ability to run the football i think we only, And we've talked about this before, 135.1 yards per game, which was 100th in the country last year. Wild to think. Letty averaged 100, 101 yards a game, um, and he had 15 touchdowns in 10 games. I think all those things are – all areas we're going to improve on greatly this year. Um, and I think part of that's because they face a great defensive line every day in practice. We saw a lot of stories on that the last couple of days about how Mesador makes Frazier better and about how Dante stills – Darius and Zach have all worked together and have all continued to make each other better throughout the, throughout their time as football players, um, I think that offensive line is going to get that iron sharpened by our defensive line at the same time so far in this camp.
1: That's exactly the, the phrase I was going to use. Iron sharpens iron, right? I mean, these these defensive linemen are no joke. You know, you don't have a Darius Stills anymore, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see Mesidor, Dante Stills, maybe even both end up on Definitely, all conference lists. One of them, maybe on an all-American list. I'm, I'm very bullish on both of those guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That that only helps the offensive lineman, especially the young guys. Well, and then and and then you throw in Stevenson, who, you know, has every they have all capability. The transfer, you think he's going to be good as well, more than likely. Um, I, I think you know, a lot of people, another position where people might be sleeping to some extent, Zach is uh, some of the dudes in the secondary. I think we're going to be a lot better back there than people think.
1: I would like to think so. We talked about this, I think, last episode. Third is the lack of proven depth. Yeah, and
0: con- continuity as well.
1: Yeah, and the continuity, of course. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of communication, a lot of assignment responsibility on the back end. You've got to make sure that everybody's on the same page. But hopefully we will have that with our younger guys uh, on the Toulon.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I I think that's what makes the Maryland game a little a little scary. Uh, we've talked about that, you know, before as well. But I mean, you do have guys that have experience. Scotty Young has played football at the Power Five level at Arizona. You know, Sean Mahomes has started you know a bunch of games here for West Virginia University. Kerry Martin's played. You know, Charles Woods is a transfer. You know, Jackie Jackie Matthews got some time. I mean, Charles Alonzo and I. Yeah, Alonzo, I was going to say Alonzo die as well, um, you know, is, is an excellent player. I mean, so you've got a Dye Mahone back there, senior safeties. Woods has played a bunch of football. I mean, he started, you know, three years at at Illinois State, you know, a, a pretty decent FCS program on its own right. And then Nick Troy Fortune's played a lot of football as well. And a guy who I think is really slowly, slowly showing um, how good he possibly could be for this defense, I mean – you know, wasn't a guy who ever who ever kind of felt like was was um, getting exposed at all,
1: and and that's really what you look for because he's only, you know, if you consider the COVID year to affect their yeah. class status, he's still only a sophomore, technically a junior, but he's played two full years of high end football, and for a young guy, basically playing you know, top two corner consistently. Throughout the majority of games in his career, for him not to have his name called a whole lot, you really can't ask for more, much more than that. Maybe yeah. not making impact plays, but he's also not killing you.
0: Exactly. I, and you know what? Zach, though, I think that's as important as anything, right? Yep. A guy who's not who's not um, who's not killing you. If you're not hearing about him a ton, a ton in the secondary, that's probably a good thing. Um, another guy who I want to point out, though, two defensive linemen to kind of think about. Uh, Sean Martin, obviously a big, big guy last year in terms of the uh, height from Bluefield, and then also Jalen Thornton, whose whose Papa was a great Mountaineer, uh, and Big Daddy John. So, you know, I I've got a feeling both those guys are gonna are gonna turn some heads and surprise some people this year. And and, then, and also I think Linell Carr as well. Yeah, I could I could
1: definitely see that. Any any depth that we can get on the front line on the defense is huge. I mean. Like, you, like we talked about, we already have excellent starting guys, some depth pieces there. But the young guys who haven't gotten a whole lot of exposure yet, like Martin, like Carr, if they can take a next a next step this season, that would be massive for
0: the season. And, and you know, it, and if those guys take the next step, it allows the linebackers to make plays. And, and those linebackers are guys you don't necessarily know because of the loss of Tony Fields. But, I mean, Josh Chandler-Cimino has been around. He's made plays. We know Jared Bartlett's pretty good. Cowan and Lance Dixon transfers from Bama and from uh, Penn State, respectively. Both were top 100s in their classes. You know, both physical specimens. Both can fly to the football. I'm excited to watch those two dudes get after it. I think this defense is going to be being slept on by a lot of people, especially our fan base. And I think by the time we really get into it – and BT's all all settled and done. We're gonna feel like we can hang with Oklahoma, and then we will. Then we'll have a, a momentary Chicken Little type of week, and then we'll get back to playing solid football the rest of the way. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Another guy you're talking about linebackers. Another guy that I could
1: definitely see outperforming maybe what his preseason uh, hype is gathering right now is uh, Josh Chandler Samito's backup at the moment, Deshaun Stevens transfer. JUCO transfer, if I'm not
0: mistaken, correct? Yeah. So I mean he's okay. and he's he's getting a lot of love as well.
1: Yeah, I could see him making a big impact in in depth spots, and you know, we're gonna have to have guys sub in. We can't have guys playing every snap in the second level. They gotta get breaths. X-ray Low, who used to be um, Chandler Samito's backup in years past, he's looking to assume the will position as the starter. So Stevens stepping up behind Chandler Sumito would be a big boost.
0: Yeah. X ray, X ray it definitely too. You know, it's kind of like see said, my boy, uh underrated, always around the ball. Um and and you know, only adds to that only adds to that depth of that position. I really like where we're going there, Zach, with the sleepers on this defensive side of the football, man. I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on us nationally, man, and I and I truly do believe that the way neil brown's been working this thing it's it's gonna be exciting um so zach we kind of hit on the camp here say so just a friendly reminder guys during all of your football season there's really only one place to get all your information and that's at wally's and wimpy's sports.com pick up the the print edition there at all of your local parmar stores throughout the valley some exxon's Marathon, sit goes anywhere with your neighborhood, Parmar Star, you can find some Wally's and Wimpies. Got all the schedules, some insight. Jim and the boys do a great job and we're excited to partner with Wally's and Wimpy's. So definitely make sure that you're uh, looking for those when you go there and pay your gas. Uh, get your football schedules too. So pick up your Wally's and Wimpy's today. And now back to the porch. I wanted to get into something real quick with you. Kind of newsworthy that broke here. And that was the uh, the three game series with the Bobcats of Ohio that was announced. Um, what are your thoughts on that before I go into mine?
1: Well, I'll let you more so cover the low hanging fruit of, you know, why not
0: Marshall? <laughs> but I don't I don't <laughs> think it's low hanging fruit though, Zach. A lot of
1: people are clamoring. A
0: lot of I, think people are I think it's I think it's it's a legitimate question. Um. Now I think we know. I think we know some of the reasons why. Um, it's probably money. Marshall probably asked for more money to come than Ohio. Um, also, Marshall's really been big on the supposedly wanting a one for one instead of a two for one. And That'll never happen. And that will never happen. Uh, some people have said two for two. It's just one of those things. Marshall's got to realize the two for one's is the deal you're going to get. Ask for some money. Enjoy your trip up. We'll come down once keep doing that in a rotation um, and you could play that game every year yep. I just I believe that to be the case and I think and you know you know me um, you know Marshall is a school that I, I really you know have a fond soft spot in my heart more than most mountaineer fans do. Mm-hmm. I just think that's what you got to do two for one when you got a 60,000 seat stadium versus 35 you've got you've got to make that sacrifice. You know, and, and West Virginia has to be willing to go down there every every three years, just like if you're willing to go to Ohio for a two for one, be willing to go to Huntington for a two for one. I think now without Hamrick being in the fold, that might change some things down in Huntington in the negotiation process. And so but this is kind of a, a little kind of a um, turn of the knife in the wound type of series here that West Virginia signed for the Marshall Faithful for sure.
1: I kind of got the same feeling, especially after seeing all the reaction, all the uproar from Marshall fans. But I agree. I think that it's something that both both sides should be willing to negotiate for. And like you said, in this case, Marshall would have to negotiate a little more, be willing to take a little bit more of a downside of the deal than what they would hope for. But I, it seems like the, the relationship between the schools at this point – it's frosty. You know, football and basketball, honestly, but football in this case, it might just be too much to overcome with the time being. But like you said, hopefully, um, new administration can overcome those past those and past.
0: You know blows. what, Zach? That's a that's a great point you just brought up, though, about the about the relationship in basketball and how frosty it is with hugs. Oh, big time! And, and, and Dantony, um, that has to that has to flow in and blend in and kind of morph its way into this football deal as well. Um, doesn't help, you know, and then Tony wanting the, you know, playing twice a year home and home. I mean, and, and Hug's kind of saying, you know, you got to beat us, and, and then the fact that it was in San Diego the next last time they got to play is is wild. Anyway, but back to the football element of it, Zach. I don't understand what Ohio represents or gives you that Marshall doesn't. Right, the MAC first Conference USA, um, Marshall in Ohio is a rivalry of itself, battle for the bell. Marshall has won eleven. Of the 16 meetings since the herd came back to Division One football in 1997, so Marshall's dominated that rivalry. Ohio won three out of four there, a little stretch, and now the herd's won two out of the last three. Marshall's more of a program. There's more eyes on it. Uh, It'd be more a better national product in terms of television, the in-state rivalry versus the game versus Ohio. Marshall's Actually, had more recent for us, you know. Marshall's had more recent success nationally. Absolutely, more of more of a national profile than Ohio. As well, and that's even including Frank Solich being their head coach. Yeah, he's gonna be gone. I don't understand that. I don't really get it. It's a it's a check game for us, I guess, and we give them one. But it's like, whoa, you know, that's that's got to be a little extra salt in the wound there for the herd faithful.
1: I would agree, and I have a hard time believing decisions like this don't have kind of separate motivations. You know, we've talked about the contentiousness between the two programs, Marshall and. WVU and I don't know you just described how Marshall and Ohio have their own you know sort of pseudo
0: rivalry and I wouldn't say pseudo rivalry Zach to the folks straight up rivalry it's a straight up rivalry the herd and the Bobcats have played back in the days of Marshall in the the Mid-American Conference before the plane crash and then it came back and they continue to play that on a fairly regular basis and Marshall's gotten the better end of them for the last 16 years for sure
1: so you look at it that way. It's not even just pseudo rivalry. It's a legit rivalry between those two schools, two green and white schools for whatever that's worth. And <laughs> it's it's the it's the neighbor in the bordering state of Ohio, and it's almost like WU's like, hey, we'll take Ohio. Marshall's like, you know, eh, secondary. And it's because they can't come to, a, a, they can't come to terms. They can't come to a mutual understanding of how these. You know, these series, these potential series can be negotiated. And that's WBU's way of saying, you know, we tried to negotiate with you, Marshall, and you wanted things just your way, and it didn't work out that way. So if you don't want it, fine. We'll go with Ohio. We told you take it or leave it. You left it. We move on.
0: This isn't Burger King. You will not have it your way. <laughs> and, you know, i also also say this too, Zach. I know in some of these years we're playing Alabama. Penn State, some big boy schools, so maybe there's a little less pressure with that Ohio game. Although you never know. I mean, not eight years from now when the Bobcats come to Morgantown in September the 29th, you know that could be a, a huge, huge game. Um, I think it's also funny how they're going to play the first game in Athens in 2025 on September 6th. So what kind of bullshit is that? We're saying we'll even go to Ohio first, and then we'll go play the next two at home. Very intriguing. And it makes you wonder, did
1: WVU try to negotiate that same kind of thing as, like, a show of faith, for lack of a better phrase, to Marshall? Like, they try to say, hey, we'll do a a 2 and one with you all, but we'll come to Huntington first. You would think that they would offer something like that to Marshall if they were going to do it for Ohio, wouldn't you?
0: That's a very interesting point, Zach. You know, that might be kind of an under-the-table way of saying, hey, we'll show good faith. We'll come. We'll we'll do this thing. Joe Manchin doesn't have to do this, broker all this for us, you know. I will say this too, and you know, I know some West Virginia faithful will say, well, we have never lost to Marshall. And Ohio actually has beat the Mountaineers four times in the series 13 to 4 is the series score. So somebody can make that argument, well, Ohio actually has beat us, but I mean, that's the game we want to see. I think people would love to see Marshall, um, WVU, and pigskin um, and in hoops, but you know what? It's easier for me that I don't have to root against uh, the herd uh, once a year now, at least, even.
1: Yeah, I, I know there's been years of back and forth with the two, with the two schools, the two programs, and I, I get it. But at the same time, as a diehard, true Mountaineer fan, even I don't understand not rooting for Marshall in general. Besides when they play the Mountaineers, but there are so many fans out there that say, well, just forget the hurt altogether, right? I don't I, get that. I, I think it's rooting great. for mutual, mutual success in the state.
0: Exactly, it's good for the state, man. What's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? And, Rich. and if and if Marshall's good, it only can you know. Now, granted, maybe that doesn't make a hundred percent sense because we're going for recruits, but I understand. Um, and why not? Why not have a great football state in general? Why not have both be good? You know, then you could play that game, and it would mean more, and it could help West Virginia when they when they beat Marshall. Um, you know, Zach, it's funny because I was going to go with the angle there real quick of. You know, throughout history, how many times do you legitimately think, though, that the herd could have beat West Virginia?
1: Uh-uh. I, I don't know. That's tough. I'll
0: I'll go ahead and say this. I think when they had Pennington and Moss down there in Huntington, I think that team, and this is during the rich, the beginning of the. Um, you know, the, toward the end of the Neyland era. Um, I, I know that Pennington and Moss team did not did not uh, end up beating West Virginia with Amos their way. I think the Pennington team that won, went 13-0, and 0, had Joe Chapman at the running back and was a great defensive team and finished 10th in the country. I think they would have beat West Virginia that year. And then, Zach, I know this is going to be a, a really crazy one, but I also think the year that, that Dana had the terrible season – Marshall won 10-3, and three, they could have done it. And then even the year with Cato, when he was pulling the strings at quarterback and then and the boys got hurt there, and, and after the TCU game, everything kind of fell off the table. I think Marshall could have gotten the better of him that year, too. And that's the thing. Even in those years. There's still questions, would, though. As,
1: right. As much as I would love to not think that West Virginia would lose to Marshall, just from the pure fan side of it, I would like to at least have seen what would happen. And those are those are things that kind of build up even more of the for lack of a better term, rivalry. I mean that's that's the kind of stuff that happens. Marshall gets their, you know, they're bragging rights a little bit and it's just part of it.
0: Yep. Yeah, I I, I think really in all realities, Zach, like two thousand and fourteen, the year that Marshall was with in a play of maybe going undefeated, but lost to West Kentucky. I think that year would have been an interesting game to watch. They were tough. Um, they were – I mean, Marshall's had some good teams there with Doc. Uh, going to be interesting to see how it goes now under uh, new leadership there with Huff. You got the Alabama, uh, you know, going to try and rub off some of that magic from, from Saban and the boys. Um, so, roll herd. Yeah, roll, roll herd. I like it, man. And I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff they're going to do game day-wise down there. Going to be kind of fun got a student dj now uh, got a new fun zone and they're trying to do some things to to maybe make it a little less stagnant than it had been there for a little while um disappointed that they we're playing the bobcats for three instead of the herd but kind of just want to get your perspective on that too you know i've got love for both so i would have loved to have seen the game and if we're going to play ohio there's no reason we shouldn't play marshall
1: i'm with you i you know it's not a the series that really moves the needle for most fans, if any, but Marshall would have. Man, that's Marshall totally would have. That's what it's all going to come back to. That's It's yeah. always going to come back to that because it's such a similar, you know, people interpret Ohio and Marshall as being, you know, close to being on the same playing field.
0: And that's what it's always going to come back to. Yeah. And, and, you know, Zach, I'm not sure if the only way, and I think this is the reality of it, the only way for Marshall to ever get to that level to get these games right yeah so i get it from the perspective of the herd saying we wanted this we wanted this um a guy who we've had here on the porch a few times with this the herd faithful no old sid randy burnside you know i asked him about it and he and he came with this approach Zach, he said if they want to go to athens we'll let them and i think he's trying not to let me uh kind of grind his gears a little bit there about the herd but um I mean, I guess if that's the way – I think Marshall fans have got to look at it that way. They've almost kind of not want the game. And then maybe once the state of Ohio comes up, maybe here another couple of years from now we can maybe get a scheduled game with the Herd. Be willing to take that two for one. Get some money. Do what's good for the state and have, have a little rivalry here.
1: Yeah, I would like to see it. Uh, eventually maybe they'll bury the hatchet. Hopefully in the next couple of years they can get something established. But – you know, you would expect something at this point and it still hasn't happened. So we'll, we'll hey. have to wait and see. Play the
0: waiting game. The only the only rivalry we have now in terms is the soccer rivalry between the, what what the bullshit is that Mountaineers and and the herd. Uh two hey, top ten teams. No <laughs> disrespect. <laughs> two excellent programs. That, hey, a national championship program and a team that's been been there on the cusp and both have UC soccer coach roots, so that's a budding rivalry. If we're not going to play anywhere else soccer, it's a it's a big rivalry. Um and on the national stage, it's like the Iron Bowl now soccer almost. <laughs> it's a hell of a comparison. <laughs> hey, it you never know, man. You never know, but it's crazy to think that that West Virginia is now a hotbed of soccer, though. I mean, who would have said that 10 years ago? Hey, women's Olympians. You got true. you got
1: Olympic level players on these teams.
0: You got true. Hey, but I tell you one thing we do know. It might be a hotbed for 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 uh for soccer and they'll still play it in baseball but we ain't seen a basketball game between the mountaineers and the herd for a long long time yeah that that one we might not
1: want to hold our breath on
0: yeah that that might not be till the bear uh decides to hang up the whistle
1: which hopefully is not for a long time yep
0: yep hey maybe marshall can pull off some miracles and get into the tournament again like elmore and the boys did and you know the selection committee will find a way to make it happen again like they did the last time. If there's
1: one thing you can count on, the selection committee is always going to tinker with the brackets to make it look fun.
0: Especially for us.
1: Especially <laughs> for us. If it's not Marshall, it'll be Calipari. It'll be,
0: Calipari it'll be it'll be Bayheim. It'll be Bayheim with that funky-ass 2-3 uh, rolling up in there. We could too. win without talk. I know, buddy. But you know what? What kind of bullshit is that? The Band-Aid's got to come off eventually. He just, just ripped it straight off. You, you brought some hairs along with that one. Hey, but you know what? The reality of it is, man, football season's coming, so basketball's coming right after it. And and I might have ripped off a few hairs, but you got to toughen up, man. It's, it's it's time. It's that time of year. Football's coming, brother. No blood, no foul. We move hey, on. Yeah, man. We keep teasing Bryce. He's a tough guy to get a hold of. Um, hopefully we can get him in here and, and we can talk a little NIL uh because it's it's getting real interesting we're starting to learn more and more and and i and i really want to get into it with bryce because i think i'm going to start challenging him for the guru status here soon
1: student athletes oh that is brilliant sir now when we sell their likeness for video games how do we get around paying for our
0: slaves student athletes then
1: sounds like a plan
0: yeah take it easy brother till next time